I want you to hit me as hard as you can. How did one of the coolest, scariest, and most mythical horror villains of all time transform from a wildly lethal lycanthrope into a neutered and toothless remake? How could a $150 million mega-marvel from Universal Studios starring two A-list Academy Award-winning actors like Benicio Del Toro and Anthony Hopkins end up becoming so maddeningly middling? Better yet, how could such an expensive, FX-driven spectacle pale in comparison to its far cheaper 60-year-old predecessor? Well, a preponderance of problems plagued the Wolfman production, from its initial development in 2006 to its long-awaited release in 2010. Not only was the original director replaced shortly before principal photography began, but the film also suffered from hasty last-minute rewrites, extra reshoots, a rejected film score that was ultimately reinstated, and poor performance at the box office. Perhaps most notably, the film drew such bad reviews among critics and general moviegoers alike that The Wolfman virtually killed Universal's monster remake slate before the studio entered its current reboot mode. All this and a whole lot more as we candidly ask, what the fuck happened to this movie? First, the plot. Set in 1891 London, the film follows American stage actor Lawrence Talbot, played by Benicio del Toro, who receives a letter to return home after his brother Ben has been bitten by a mysterious feral beast. Ben's fiancée, Gwen, played by Emily Blunt, has informed Lawrence of Ben's disappearance. But when Lawrence convenes with his estranged father, John Talbot, played by Sir Anthony Hopkins, he learns Ben's mutilated corpse has been discovered. Later, during a full moon ritual among a band of gypsies, Lawrence is abruptly bitten by the same werewolf that claimed his brother's life. Slowly but surely, Lawrence's senses begin to heighten as he transforms into a hulking and slavering monstrous mutation that slinks in the Stygian gloom waiting to viciously strike under a full moon. With Inspector Aberline on the case, Lawrence tries desperately to quell his voracious animalistic urges and sense of escalating inner evil to ensure Gwen's survival. Universal first announced its plans to remake The Wolfman in March of 2006. The studio also stated that the film would star Benicio Del Toro in the title role. Del Toro was a fan of the character and the original 1941 film since he was a kid and collected memorabilia of the character his entire life, so he was extremely enthusiastic about the role. Del Toro also signed on to produce the film, and would remain attached as the star through a frustrating wave of directorial changes. Further excitement for the project came when Universal announced the hiring of Andrew Kevin Walker to write the Wolfman screenplay. Remember, Walker is the writer responsible for such edgy and violent thrillers as Seven, Eight Millimeter, and Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow, so a similar expectation was established from the onset. Walker's vision for the project was to accentuate story elements from the original film and tailor them to the modern-day advances in special effects. In addition, Del Toro sought inspiration from the 1935 film Werewolf of London and the 1961 release of The Curse of the Werewolf, with the latter film also inspiring costume designer Milena Cananero. After roughly a year was spent on the screenplay, director Mark Romanek was hired by Universal to helm the Wolfman in February of 2007. The acclaimed high-profile music video director had only two feature films to his name at the time, the 1985 comedy Static and the 2002 psychological horror film One Hour Photo, starring Robin Williams. His most recent work prior to landing The Wolfman was directing Coldplay's music video for Speed of Sound. When Romanek was handed the reins to The Wolfman, he explained his desire to combine old-fashioned storytelling with modern-day blockbuster fare. Romanek wanted to infuse a balance of cinema in a popcorn movie scenario, 
but the director in the studio couldn't agree on that balance. Due to creative differences and concern over the movie's budget, $85 million at that point, Mark Romanek left the production in January of 2008. Universal approached several directors to replace Romanek, including bonafide horror maven and Oscar-nominated filmmaker Frank Darabont, along with Brett Ratner, James Mangold, Bill Condon, and Joe Johnston. Casino Royale director Martin Campbell also expressed interest in making the film. In February of 2008, a month after Romanek departed, Universal decided on their old Jurassic Park 3 pal, Joe Johnston, to helm The Wolfman, the first R-rated film of his career. But Johnston didn't join the production until three weeks before the start of principal photography. As a result of the late start date, Johnston claims to have over-relied on CGI for the werewolf transformations in the film, because there simply was not enough time to design new makeup and special effects. And yet even with that compressed timeline, he still hired David Self to rewrite the script. The Wolfman commenced filming in England in March of 2008. The shoot took place at Pinewood Studios in Buckinghamshire, Castle Combe in Wiltshire, and Chatsworth in Derbyshire. Chatsworth House stood in for Talbot Manor by adding ivy, weeds, and dead grass around the exteriors. For the tithe barn scene, in which several frozen corpses are discovered, Universal donated £5,000 to the National Trust Organization to film for just one day. While principal photography for The Wolfman ended in June of 2008, pickups and reshoots later took place in May of 2009 with the insistence of Universal. The main reason cited for the extra footage was to alter the appearance of one werewolf in the film, changing it from an upright bipedal beast to a lumbering quadruped. According to veteran second unit director Vic Armstrong, an extra fight scene between the werewolf and the wolfman was also added to increase the action-packed violence. The reshoots were predominantly done in Greenwich, London. As a result of the delayed production and all the reshoots, the overall budget of the movie had ballooned to roughly 150 million. For the werewolf designs, legendary makeup artist Rick Baker was hired to bring the title Beast to life. It was Baker's seminal work on American Werewolf in London in 1981 that had forced the Academy to create an award category for best makeup, for which Baker was the inaugural recipient. Not to get too far ahead, but one of the few redeeming qualities of the Wolfman is that Baker once again earned an Oscar statue for his unparalleled werewolf makeup. Citing the original Frankenstein and the Wolfman movies as the reasons he wanted to become a cinematic makeup artist as a child, Baker immediately pursued the new version of the Wolfman once it was announced by Universal. Sharing Del Toro's boyhood fandom, the two men made a deliberate effort to model the visual appearance of the Wolfman after Jack Pierce's original 1941 aesthetic. Benicio Del Toro spent three hours a day having makeup applied, and another hour to remove it. His makeup and costume consisted of several fake wigs, rows of dentures, latex skin prosthetics, and loose strands of hair. Baker voiced his disappointment over the crucial werewolf transformations being rendered via CGI, rather than with practical effects. But Johnston felt the technology was necessary, given his limited pre-production planning. About the use of CGI, Johnston said, I recognized that there were things I was going to be able to do from the beginning to the end, and things I had to rely on post-production for. I decided to basically just shoot Benicio in the sequence where he transforms, and decide in post-production what I wanted the transformation to be. That was really my main reason for using CGI. It gave me so much more flexibility. As for Rick Baker's experience working with Del Toro, he told Entertainment Weekly, Going from Benicio to Benicio as the Wolfman isn't really an extreme difference. Like when I did American Werewolf in London, we went from this naked man to a four-legged hound from hell and we had a lot of room to go for the transformation and do a lot of really extreme things. Here we have Benicio del Toro, who's practically the wolfman already, 
to Benicio del Toro with more hair and bigger teeth. Unfortunately, in 2009, the digital renderings of the werewolf transformation were leaked on the internet. Another point of contention while making The Wolfman arose in the music department. Legendary film composer and Oingo Boingo frontman Danny Elfman was hired by Universal to compose the score for The Wolfman. Sticking to his trademark gothic sound, Elfman turned in a moody musical arrangement for the film based on Wojciech Kielar's score for Bram Stoker's Dracula. However, once more than 30 minutes of footage were excised from Johnston's original cut, Universal rejected Elfman's score because it was too long, began overwhelming the visuals, and didn't fit the tone of the newly shot footage. Since Elfman was contractually obligated to Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland during the reshoots, the composer could not return to amend the Wolfman score. Rather than rework scenes around Elfman's existing score, Universal wanted to increase the pace of the film through its use of music. But when composer Paul Hasslinger turned in an electronic score for the film, Universal quickly realized what a mistake they made and instantly discarded the arrangement. Several other composers such as Conrad Pope, Edward Shearmer, and Thomas Lindgren were recruited for original compositions. But in the end, Universal opted to reinstate Danny Elfman's original score. In addition, iconic musicians such as David Lee Roth and Gene Simmons were reportedly hired for several screaming sound effects. The Wolfman was initially planned by Universal to hit theaters sometime in 2007, but suffered several release delays. The movie's opening on November 14, 2008 was subsequently pushed back to February 13, 2009, then again to April 3, 2009, and once more to November 6, 2009. The Wolfman was eventually unleashed theatrically on February 12, 2010. On a cost of $150 million, The Wolfman opened with $31.5 million for its first weekend. After the negative reviews, the grosses rapidly decreased until it finished with $62 million in North America and $142 million worldwide. Based on its lackluster business relative to its massive budget, in 2014, the LA Times declared the film one of the most expensive box office bombs ever made at that point. Critically speaking, The Wolfman currently boasts a 34% Rotten Tomatoes average and a Metacritic score of 43. The biggest gripes about the movie include the harmful over-reliance on shaky CGI, the lack of genuine scares, and a screenplay that lacks suspense. In a speech given at the 2011 Savannah Film Festival, then-president and COO of Universal Pictures, Ron Meyer, called The Wolfman quote-unquote crappy and named it as one of the two worst movies Universal ever made. The other he cited was George Miller's Babe, Pig in the City. Why? Despite the negative reviews and box office performance, The Wolfman achieved a modicum of glory come award season. For his mastery in makeup, the peerless Rick Baker came full circle 30 years after winning an Oscar for his work on American Werewolf in London by grabbing another Best Makeup honor. An extended director's cut of The Wolfman was included on the DVD and Blu-ray release of the film. 17 minutes of excised footage was restored in the extended version, including two alternate endings that were filmed. Johnston said he had cut the footage from the theatrical version to push the story along so that audiences would get to the first Wolfman transformation sooner. Additional footage restored in the extended version includes the performance of legendary actor Max von Sydow, completely missing from the theatrical cut. Von Sydow plays an elderly man who gives Lawrence the silver wolfhead cane as protection, the same one John Talbot uses at the end of the film. His character explains that he received the cane from an 18th century village in France, where locals first encountered the mysterious Beast of Gévaudan. Once the Wolfman failed to resonate with critics and audiences, plans for a sequel went by the wayside. 
In 2012, Universal announced plans to create an unrelated spin-off movie called Werewolf, The Beast Among Us. But the project fell apart when the studio opted to reshape their Universal Monsters slate in 2014. In November of that year, Universal tapped Prisoners writer Aaron Guzikowski to write and direct a reboot of The Wolfman. In 2016, Dwayne The Rock Johnson was tentatively attached to play the title character. Later that same year, writer David Callahan was brought in to retool the script. The underperformance of Tom Cruise's The Mummy in 2017 put a swift end to Universal's interconnected dark universe of monster movies. But following the critical and commercial success of Lee Whannell's The Invisible Man, the studio confirmed that development has moved ahead on a new version of The Wolfman, with Ryan Gosling as the title terror and Lee Whannell directing again. As for the 2010 effort, despite a huge amount of money and the A-list prestige of Sir Anthony Hopkins and Benicio Del Toro, and the rich history of the title character, The Wolfman could not overcome its vast obstacles to become anything other than an expensive embarrassment. Sure, Rick Baker once again proved he's the master of werewolf makeup, but beyond that, the script changes, last-minute director replacement, expensive reshoots, constant release delays, and ultimately poor word of mouth proved to be the lethal silver bullet that killed The Wolfman.